Ken has been part of his hands really for over a decade. Uh, but a couple of years ago, he took a position as an interim pastor, ironically for the church that I went to when I was in high school, way back in the day and served there for a couple of years to help them do some transitioning. And so he was, he was not available for a while, um, but, uh, but he is now. He, he, did, he did what God called him to do there. And, uh, and so as soon as he was available, I reached out to him and said, man, we gotta have you back, we miss you. And if you've never heard Ken speak before, uh, you're in for a treat. He's an incredible teacher. He's an incredibly wise person. In fact, every time I talk to him on the phone, uh, after he tells me what he's gonna share, we talk about church stuff. I say, hey, hey, before you go, can I get some advice from you on something going on in my life? And I'm always grateful for what he shares. So uh, Ken, go ahead and make your way out. Uh, it's really important that you don't mess up. It, uh, or the elbows. Whatever we're doing. Okay. Hey, it just needs to be really good. They're all expecting a lot. All right. <laughs> so. Uh, to say it is a joy to be back at his hands is a tremendous understatement. And uh, man, and, and even in these conditions, it looks so cool. I'm, the the mobile chairs that you guys are spread, but you're different. And how cool is that? Um, I got to tell you, it's just cool for me to be in front of people, human beings, Will you just wave so that I know you're not a cardboard cutout? That's incredible. And, and we start to this, this emerge as the great emerge happens. And it, is, it has been so cool to, to be a part of that. Um, for those of you who don't know my background, I, I do speak. I speak corporately. I speak uh, to churches. I've been in over 2,000 churches over the last several decades. And I also do um, stand-up comedy. And if you listen to satellite radio, I'm on there. And um, if you have Amazon Prime, my, my favorite project, Wow Moments, is on there. And it's a, it's a blast to do that. But for the last six months, basically, until about three weeks ago, um, I've been home. And uh, I've, God's opened that opportunity to finish a book that I've been wanting to write about the experience I had four years ago with my heart. And uh, it's coming out in November 4th, which will be a blast. But and, and, and it's this time though. Is anybody else just fatigued at all with anything other than just life in general. It's almost like the world said, hey, here's the handbasket to hell. Everybody jump in and just, wow. And, and it, it, it is COVID, it is politics, it is all of this, but there seems to be a thread like I've never seen in my life. And I've been around for five decades just that it seems so, does it not, and maybe it's just me, but I don't think it is, where everything is just so intense. And, and you, does anybody else feel you can't, you can barely even say hi anymore without thinking, oh, did that offend you? I'm so sorry. Don't hate me. I'm just, I was really just trying to greet you. I, I can't even walk up to people anymore. Are we, are we, are we shake, hug, hug, shake, high five, elbow, just wave? What, what are we doing? And I want to get a t-shirt that says, I hug, I shake, I bump, or stay away. You just tell me what to do. Cause I, I don't know anymore. And I, it's, and this is the tension. And I was, I was been watching, and how many of you have binge watched anything in the last six months? Raise your hands. Okay. The rest of you are so disciplined. That's great. But I've seen several documentaries. One of them really caught my eye recently was Social Dilemma. Several of the people who actually designed and launched the, the platforms for social media are now stepping back going, we, we've, we didn't mean to create this. The artificial intelligence is basically taking all our data from even our phones and our computers and basically trying to um, individually 
only bring that which comes across your way that you agree with and only brings across our way that which we are passionate about and pumps us to the point where it literally, we're now seeing this in society where it's never been before, where everything is about me. Everything is about what I think, what I feel, and what I reason. And there is no argument. And if people don't agree with me, then I hate them. I should hate them. And they are not right. And and it's just this groundswell of, look, I've had over a hundred people like what I said. So that must mean I am right about everything. And it's, it, it's happening to the point of becoming dangerous. And they're giving many examples of that, but it's to the point where like, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. And I, I want to this morning, I want us to just take a breath, take a step back and go, wait a minute, what should we be doing? How should we be viewing this? And how should we experience this? And I, I would say this, that I want us this morning to move from conflict to clarity, And I'll give you an example of that. Um, I've been watching the numbers, drives my wife crazy. But I said, you know, I want to get back to the the most pure level of information as possible. And you might find this shocking, but it's not on TV. And it's not on the internet. And it's get to the source. You can get there through the internet sometimes. But basically, I want to give you one example. And it's one I've been watching for the last several months And that is COVID. COVID is this huge thing. It is this polarizing experience. Now, I want you to, I'm going to have you raise your hands a lot today. You're going to feel like you're doing jumping jacks by the end, but... I want, to, I want to know how many of you realize this fact. And this is, this is not an opinion. It is not a fact. It is a mathematical certainty. That if you, and, and I'll give you the equation. If you take the number of cases divided by the population, you get the percentage of, of, of the population that has COVID. Did you realize that 99.99% of Americans do not have COVID-19? How many of you knew that? Okay. How many of you are hearing that for the first time? Raise your hands. Okay. If, if you get COVID, there's this, this oppressiveness that it is a death sentence. It's like the black plague, that if you get COVID, you are, yes, you're on the verge of death and you're going to die. The Black Plague back in the time, literally 30 to 50% of Europe, the entire continent, died of the Black Plague. And it was kind of being presented that, the unknown, and it kind of stirred out of control. 99.996% of those people who do catch it, in other words, that 7 one-thousandth of 1% of people in the United States that do get it, tiny 99.6% of them, 99.996% of those will not be serious or critical. And then you add on to that the fact that the hospitals and the doctors, and I know several doctors, I'm like, how's it going? They said, well, there are still some serious cases. And I met a gentleman last week who had a serious case that was not fatal, but he was serious. And, and he just said, yeah, it's not fun. It's, it's about four times worse than the normal flu. And he said, I'm still recovering and it took me a month. That's, that's the one. And he says, but here's the deal. It's, it's, we've had time to now have herd immunity, so our bodies are now starting to be able to react to it better. And he says, uh, most cases, the majority are asymptomatic. And, and so there's this, this whole deal going on. Now, those are the facts. Now, I've got to tell you also, I've made some observations in the midst of this that kind of make me laugh. 
And I know you've seen the contradictions as well. So there's the one end and there's the other end. I, I've noticed that how many of you have been to a restaurant where you have to wear a mask when you come in, but when you sit down, you can take it off? Have you had that? Apparently, COVID cannot penetrate four and a half feet, okay? That's what I'm seeing. And I've proven this because I've started to fly again. I've started to travel. I'll leave here. I'm doing an event in Cincinnati tonight. And I got on the airplane for the first time, and you have to wear it when you're in the airport. I get that. People are close together. I get on the airplane. I'm like, good. I'm sitting down. I take the mask off. The flight attendant said, I'm sorry. Um, you have to wear it on the plane. I said, but we're, I'm, I sat down. I'm below four and a half feet. And she said, well, we're about to take off. You're going to be above 30,000 feet. So it made sense. And then, then, but they did say, now this is the great part. When you're on an airplane, they said, wear your mask at all times, unless you're eating or drinking. Apparently, food and beverage repels COVID-19. And uh, let me just tell you, I can make a bag of Cheez-Its last an entire two hours, okay? Just... And so if you forget a mask, just carry some Cheez-Its and a water and just walk to make sure they're near your face so that you propel that. And I'm convinced it's still the four and a half thing because uh, I'm in Cobb County and our, um, our kids are starting to go back. And um, I believe that they did this in phases for a reason, because they let elementary school kids go back first because they're all under four and a half feet. So they did that. And... Then there's the parts that I just don't get. Then there's people, and here's the, here's the conflict part, and it, and it is a real deal. Then in those places where you wear a mask, I'm respectful. Now, I, I'm not fearful, but I'm respectful because my daughter, when she was little, she had cancer, and I get it. Um, I had a couple at the church where I was an interim. They came up afterwards one time. They had a sweet couple, older couple, and he says, Pastor, am, am I being disobedient for wearing a mask? I said, no. Not at all. I said, why do, you, why do you wear a mask? He goes, well, I've got diabetes and I've got this condition and this condition. I'm like, you're not being disobedient. You're being wise for wearing a mask. But there's this idea that we all have to be exactly the same and everybody has to agree with me. And it's like, no, God made every one of us individual. And the whole mask thing, I was in the Y and I had my mask on and it was just over my nose and mouth. And this one lady came up, she goes, Ex excuse me, you have to pull it over your chin. Now, I've been around for 50 years. I didn't know you could breathe out of your chin. And I tried it. My birthday was a couple weeks ago. I tried blowing out the candles. I couldn't do it. So... Somebody afterwards is going to have to teach me that part. And then I did an event and I had my mask on and somebody came up to me. And they said, hey, you've got it on backwards. And I'm like, what? And they're like, no, the blue is supposed to be out. The white is supposed to be in. I've been walking around thinking I am safe. And the whole time I am apparently attracting COVID to me from wearing my mask wrong. And I'm just like, what? I can't win. And so we got to get to that point where we're like, okay, let's take a step back and let's evaluate why is there all this stress? Why is there all this panic? And, and I want to put a word on the, two words on the screen here, and, and I, I shared them with them. And I want you to see these words because right now we are between stressed and desserts. Now, I want you to raise your right hand if you want stress and your left hand if you prefer desserts. One, two, three, let them see. Okay. 
Because here's the deal. I want desserts. Now, here's the real application of this. If I'm sitting here and I'm making a decision today, I'm either for the next hour going to sit and watch all the news feeds of all that's going on, and, and you don't even have to watch an hour, but if you're forced to spend an hour to watch all that, would you prefer the results of watching that, or some, somebody over here, tell me your favorite ice cream place. Where, where do you go for ice cream? Brewster's. I heard Brewster's. Yogli Mowgli. I like that. Or you could go there and get your favorite ice cream and just sit for an hour. Which one is going to have the more positive effect on your emotions and your stress level? I want you to notice this about those words. I'm going to put them up. They are the exact same letters in the exact same order in opposite directions. Which am I going to be? Stressed? Or desserts. And I'm telling you today, no matter what the circumstances, I believe with all my heart, we're going to look at a couple verses here in a minute. I'm going to share a couple Psalms in a minute that are literally going to let us see which direction to go as we walk out of here. Because in our society, we're looking at panic or peace. Panic or peace. And I'm not going to give a specific situation, but I'm going to describe and I'm going to get right in the middle of it. So please know for a fact, if you have a conviction or a passion about one of the extremes, no matter if you're on this side or that side of an issue, I am going to offend you here, okay? And it's not my heart to do so. My heart is to just say, hey, I want to move towards peace. And I'm going to tell you in just a second, the absolute key to peace, the absolute key to desserts, the absolute key to clarity. And I've seen too many times, and I literally, I had to stop watching TV, the news. Now, I still watch documentaries, and I watch some entertainment, but I had to stop watching the news. Because do you realize that in our society, and see if you agree with this, and if you don't, that's fine, but our society has moved from reporting news, reporting facts... And it's moved to realize, wait a minute, that's not getting the ratings. That's not getting the devotion and the loyalty. That's not getting people watching. To where now the entire view, the entire motive of those network outlets are, I want to get your attention. So I'm going to share something that is shocking. Then I want to get your interest or your engagement. And then I want to hook you emotionally on one end or the other. So that you and your body and your psychology are just grabbing either passionately against, passionately for, but then you're saying to your friends, did you hear about? That's the motive of what the world is going for. And that's not what's going to bring us clarity. That's not what's going to bring us peace. That's not what's going to bring us desserts to our soul. Our soul is going to be when we look at that which is the facts of the situation, not a 15-second video clip to where we are told by an artificial intelligence and social media, you should have an opinion about this right now. And you should be emotionally involved right now. And you should be the supreme one to make the decision and tell everybody what you think about this right now. When in reality... We are called to do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with our God. 
with God. See, because the absolute, you can clap for that because the absolute, the absolute in peace over panic, clarity over confusion, deserts over stress is not me. It's not my opinion. It's not what I think, feel, judge, or reason. It is God in the middle of it. And like Justin so beautifully put, that God is not out there. He's right here, right now. We are the temple of God. When I invite God into my life, he's here. And he is with me in that. And I've noticed that instead of having opinion, I stop and I'm like, Lord, is this the real truth? And I watch that clip and I'm like, Lord, I'm not going to stop there. There was an organization years ago that would literally take a piece of an action that happened, a murder or a rape or something horrific, and take it on themselves to go, we are emotionally involved. And we're going to go out and find any stereotype that that might fit this, just take it, and we are going to be the judge, jury, the executioner in this matter. It's called the Ku Klux Klan, and that was bad, and that was wrong. I see those same mindsets happening today of we are going to be the judge and the jury and the execution based on stereotypes, based on a fraction of information because I am superior, and I am not. Racism will never be solved by racism. Stereotypes are harmful. Racism is evil. And here's the deal. God wants justice for all. So God, what are you saying here? What is your justice? How can I stand up in mercy beside? And but there's, there's all these agendas, all these ideas. And while I agree with a piece of some, the whole is just missing it. The answer is not an idea or an organization. The idea of Jesus. Now, so here's, here's what I want to just say, and I want to ask this. And, and, and honestly, don't just raise your hand to raise your hand. How many of you are politically fatigued right now? You're just ready for it to be over. Okay, that's a lot. Some are like, no, I want to, I want to see it play out. Well, let me, just, let me just throw this hand grenade of reality here. If you think your guy or gal, and I don't, I'm not mentioning any names, if you think, man, my guy or gal, if they get elected, all the problems will be over. You're wrong. A person cannot do that. Principles. If you have had the thought, and let me say it before I even say the thought, I have. If you've had the thought, <laughs> How can you possibly vote for fill in the blank? If you're a Christian, and I've heard this one, I've seen it out enough to just want to just turn everything off. If you're a Christian, if you vote for fill in the blank, whoever it is, you cannot be a Christian. You know what? I've read this book cover to cover a few times, and I've never seen any political process involved in that statement. Jesus, period. Here's the deal. Government will not solve the problems because sin is the problem. And God says, hey, here's the deal. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is God, is Lord, 
And, and you, you can't confess that unless you really believe it in your heart. And only you can say you believe it in your heart that he raised him from the dead. You will be saved. There is not one political party mentioned in that verse. There's not one election mentioned in that verse. It is not an election. It is not a democracy. It is a benevolent dictatorship from God himself saying, I am the way and the truth and the life. And all this is going to pass away. Can I tell you that emotionally and mentally and physically, as I've had my quiet time, I came across a verse the other day, and my body is breaking down. For those of you who don't know my past, I had open heart surgery a couple years ago, and I have a new normal, and I'm still working out. But I st- has anybody else just woken up, and you try to stand up, and you're just, you creak, and you're in pain, and you're like, all I did was sleep, and I'm just, oh, man. And I got out of bed one morning and I went and sat in my closet and I opened my Bible and I read this verse. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what God has prepared for those who love him. Can I tell you, this is temporary. And I'm so glad it is. What's happening out there, it's temporary. I am so glad that it is. And here's the deal. We're gonna wake up one day and we're gonna go, I feel great today. Jesus, what are you doing here? (laughs) And we're going to be transformed. What is that going to be like? I don't know, but I know according to that verse, it is going to blow our minds. And I take, I just take solace in that going, Lord, you, you're in the middle of this. You move us from conflict to clarity, from stressed to deserts, from panic to peace. And how does he do that? I want to just read a verse that's become near and dear to my heart. And before I read that, I want to just give an example of this, this panic to peace. You can pick any of them that you want, but this idea that the, the media has done and politicians have stood up, that here's this one 15-second clip. And we're going to determine from that 15-second clip that that man was innocent, completely innocent. He had no wrong. And that that policeman is a complete racist and he is completely wrong. And all police are wrong. And, and life is just chaotic. And oh my goodness, we have to do something. And politicians throwing police under the bus and people justifying it. It's just chaos. And then I see someone, and I believe with all my heart, this precious example was someone of faith. My oldest son has been dealt a bummer card. He graduated from college and his entire industry is shut down. And he's like, you know what? I'm gonna make the best of it. He's waiting tables and he's doing really well. He said, dad, I gotta tell you. And it was during one of the times where one of those situations had happened that he said, "I, I saw this group of police officers come in and sit down and eat. And there was a a woman who said, I'm paying for their meal. And she did. And they were like, wow. And and she didn't want to just let them know, hey, I appreciate that. But she went by the table as she walked out and she just said, I want you to know how much I appreciate you. And thank you for what you do, putting your life on the line. And thank you. I want you to know that we believe in you. Oh, and by the way, it was a black woman who did that after that situation. See, because God wants justice for all and mercy in us upon all. And and he wants us to do that humbly by serving one another. You're not gonna see that on the news. 
But see, that's what God's heart is. And I believe that if we will stop, and instead of letting this barrage of craziness and chaos and panic hit, God, you're in the middle of it. What, what do I do with this? And you can fill in the blank, blank, politics or crisis or whatever. But in Philippians, I want you to just take a quick look at this one verse. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it gives us a charge. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious about anything, period. And I see as the truth comes out more and more, I'll give you one more COVID example, is that they were calculating these numbers and stacking these numbers of the cases. And I know firsthand of a couple people that went to get a test filled out the information, checked in, waited in line. After two hours, they're like, I, I, I gotta go. I'd rather be at home. They went home. They weren't able to come back. Two days later, get a, I'm sorry, three days later, got a letter in the mail, said you tested positive by standing in line, apparently. That's, and it, they never were tested. I've got another friend who literally tested positive, couldn't go back to work. So he had to go get another test, tested positive, no symptoms, three different times. They count that as three different individuals. So I, I, I get it, but let's say that all the cases are right. I'm so thankful that the CDC, it's not a political organization, that came out about a month ago. I don't know if you heard this or not, but they said of the 200,000 plus deaths, 6% were from COVID. The others, COVID was present. But see, doctors have to fill out a death certificate and they have to say cause of death and they fill it out. And then they have contributing factors and it can contribute. Three people at the church where I was a interim passed away all three had were in late stages of cancer or diabetes or that, and they were in the late stages and they were not going to make it. But it was a contributing factor, not the cause. The cause, 6%, which means, and here's some clarity again, just numbers, 13,015 have died from COVID. 13,015 have died from COVID according to the CDC which means comparatively, we are almost three times more likely to die in a car accident than we are to die from COVID. Now, is COVID bad? Yes. Do people have it? Yes. It's not this delineation where you're either for or against, or you have, or you're this or that, and hate them and hate them and just... Blah, 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 blah. No, but don't be anxious about anything. And see, when we're in Christ, we don't have to be anxious. What if it is the worst? What if I'm one of those 13,000? I get to wake up, have my mind blown and go, wow, Jesus, look what you've done. Because here's a statistic that has been proven throughout history. One out of one people at some point in their life die. It's, you, can, you can dispute it, you can hate me for it, but it's true. Then what? And I love that the Bible is so blatantly clear. It says simply this. He says, this is the testimony that he who has the son, Jesus, has life. 
abundant and eternal. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Know God and know peace. Know God and know peace. It's that simple. So to be anxious for nothing, he's calling us as believers, okay, in the political world, in the COVID world, don't be anxious. I've got this. In the Old Testament, I'm sure that the Israelites were like, Lord, deliver us, please. And yet Pharaoh is in charge. He allowed that to happen. It's clear. He says, because I'm going to deliver you my way in a way that will last. Do we trust God in the middle of it? Be anxious for nothing. But through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Don't take our opinions, our requests, our hopes to Facebook, to Twitter, to Instagram, to friends. To Take them to God. And he says, come like a child. Ask me boldly for whatever it is is on your heart. But trust me completely that I'm going to do what's best when it's best. And it's okay to say, yes, I'm praying for this. And I've seen the power of prayer personally and collectively. But trust God completely in that. And then he says, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. In this time of COVID, I would encourage, in this time of politics, I would encourage, what have we been through? To just take a moment in the presence of God and say, God, thank you. Thank you that I've lived through this. Thank you that you delivered in this. And be specific. Lord, I, Lord, I remember my daughter when she had cancer. I will never forget that. And you brought us through. And Lord, I remember when I was a single guy in my late 20s and all my friends were married and I was not. And you delivered the most beautiful, amazing woman that I've ever met. Wow. It was worth the wait. Lord, I remember when I was in debt and I literally thought, Jesus, please come back. I will never get out of this. And now I look now with a net worth and no debt. Lord, thank you. And just be thankful and remember with thanksgiving, Lord, I had four arteries completely blocked and I should have been dead and yet I'm still breathing. Thank you. Whatever it is, thank God in the midst of that. And when we do that, then we start to see the power. We start to see the power in the midst of that. We start to see that I don't need to have fear. I need to have freedom. I don't know if you've ever heard the acronym of fear. False evidence appearing real. And when God is on our side, it's, it's all a facade. If he, whoever he is, the opposite of your he gets elected, God is still God. If, if COVID sticks around for another year, which it's a virus, it's going to be around. But if, if the world does not see it as the facts that it is, God's still God. And Lord, show me what I'm supposed to do in the midst of that because I want that. And here's what I've discovered that God doesn't so much give peace as he is peace. He doesn't have answers because he is the answer. I've been struggling going, God, what, what is your will I want to know your will. And God very, very clearly spoke to my heart one time in a, in a quiet time. He says, Ken, if you want to know my will, just know me. Because when you're walking with me, you're going to just naturally end up in my will. I'm like, wow, okay, that makes sense. 
And I'm just so thankful that God is in the midst and I've started to just memorize more and more of his truth. I'm in the process of memorizing and here's one I would encourage you to look at. Psalm 34. I will extol the Lord at all times. His name will always be on my lips. My soul, my soul boasts in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. The righteous man may have many troubles, but God will deliver them from them all. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are attentive to their cry. He is close to the brokenhearted. He will save the crushed. And I'm just like, wow, that's it. And, and Psalm 46 is another great one. He just says that the Lord is my refuge and strength and always present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear. Where is my mind? Where is my focus? Is it on the panic or the peace? Is it on the clarity or the chaos? Is it on the fear or the freedom that God wants me to have? If I will take this verse and I'll say, Lord, this week, I'm not gonna be anxious. Every time I start to feel anxious, I'm gonna turn and go, God, here's, what, here's my hope, here's my prayer. And I'm gonna petition you, I'm gonna ask for this. But Lord, I'm gonna trust you in the middle of it. And I thank you for what you have brought me through. I thank you for where I am. And Lord, I, I promise that process for those of us who believe, peace, peace comes in. This week, I just, I want us to pray in the reality that God longs for us because he is the truth. In the midst of our chaos, he is the truth. And when we know the truth, him personally, we will know and we will be set free. Free no matter what the circumstances. This world cannot heap enough on me that I'm not free from it. You can, as the Bible shows and as the early disciples showed, you can arrest me, chain me, put me to a wall and tell me everything is up that's down and everything that's down is up and everything that's right is wrong and wrong is right. And by the way, it says that we will live in a world where that will happen. Right is wrong and wrong is right. And you will be arrested for that. I don't know if it'll happen in our lifetime, but it's there. And God is still freedom and God is still power. Are we gonna walk in that? Next week, we'll look at how to function in that another step and how we live that out a little bit more, but start here today. And whether you're here or at home and you're just thinking, I'm, I'm tired of all this. If you know Jesus, focus on him. If you don't know him, realize this. Today can be the day I believe. I believe that he is who he said he was. God is God. And I believe that he raised Jesus from the dead. And God, come into my life. I want to be that temple. And Jesus said, well, I've got to go away to send you my counselor. And I want to connect with that. And for those of us who believe, it's easy to get distracted. Don't be distracted this week. When anxiety starts to come up, just go, Jesus, you're right here. Here's what I'd like to see happen, but Lord, what are you gonna do? I trust you in this. It's time to start living in victory. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your truth. <laughs> thank you that in, in the darkest time, you are the brightest light. Shine through us in that way. Help us to just rest in you. You are not the giver of peace. You are peace. You are truth.
and help us live in that. Lord, we love you and thank you. And it's only through the gift of Jesus on the cross that we can know you and we pray. And it's the power that raised him from the dead that lives in us that we trust and pray. Amen. I can't wait to see you guys next week. Have a great week. Thank you, Ken. I told him, do not talk about politics. Do not talk about coronavirus. Whatever you do, don't talk about those two things. Come on. No. No, at the end of the day, look, here's the, the truth. There, there's a story, as, as Ken was speaking, that just reminded me of, we're, we're going to wrap up. We're, we're done. I'm not going to stretch this out too long. Um, but there's a really interesting story in the Old Testament where uh, Joshua, who leads the people of Israel at that time, and they're, they're kind of constantly at battle with, uh, with oppositional forces. And he sees what, what's an angel. And, uh, and he doesn't really know what it is. At the beginning, he just thinks it's like a strong warrior. So he walks up. And he says, hey, whose side are you on? Ours or theirs? And the angel looks at Joshua and says, neither. I'm, I'm with the Lord. You know, and it's this reminder to us that God is truly above all the stuff that defines our world. You know, it's always, it's always, it's always been, there's always been a crisis. And, and what's your opinion on this crisis? There's always been political parties. What's your opinion on this? What's your opinion on that? But at the end of the day, like God's above all that. Like he, he's, not, he's not in the midst of it going like, ooh, which side am I on? Or what's my stance on this? God's above all of it. And when we put our focus on God, like Ken talked about, guess what happens? We rise above it too. That's the challenge this week. Rise above it. Focus on him. Let him lift you above all of the chaos, all the stress, and experience that peace that Ken talked about. Sound good?